Welcome to Flawed and Free Podcast. This is the place where we save souls and set the captives free from spiritual bondage in deliverance and spiritual warfare. My name is Apostle Tina, and our mission is to help you win the warfare in your life by equipping you to sever spiritual strongholds, break generational curses, and find freedom from your now to your next. Join our community of freedom fighters through transparency to transformation in Christ Jesus. Make sure you go now, like, subscribe, and share. God bless. Hey guys, quick question. Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis, difficulty reading and retaining the word of God, dominating thoughts, pain with no explainable source? What about anxiety, panic attacks, feelings that you're being watched, or just some mere eerie evil presence near? You may be experiencing demonic attacks and when in doubt, cast them out. Flawed and Free offers free one-to-one deliverance via virtual, in-person, and group altar call deliverance. Contact us at info at flawedandfree.com. Send your request for an oppression healing intake form, or you can go to the episode description of this show and go to theflawedandfree.com and we will send you an intake form. Get free with Flawed and Free today. Welcome to Flawed and Free. We are here for our Thursday night tea and testimony. We come every Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, same time, same space, same place. And uh, we have a guest tonight that is here to give testimony. I want to give people a few moments to come in to say hello, tell me where they're coming in from, where they're streaming from, um, and say hello so I can shout you out really quickly. And as we proceed through tonight's broadcast, You know, I love to chat. I love to talk. I love to engage. So make sure you tag and tell a friend tonight. Um, As this is a form of evangelism, we digitally evangelize through sharing. It is free. It don't cost you but a thing. It don't cost you a thing to just share to your Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, wherever it is that you're coming in and watching from. And so if you can, hi, sweetheart. I see my niece logging in here on TikTok. Hi, Kashana. God bless you. And I love you um, here. And so if you'd like to see my guests, um, most people can hear them on TikTok that are watching from that particular platform. But if you want to see my beautiful guests, you're more than welcome to go click the link um, in my bio, in my profile, and it'll take you to my YouTube and you'll be able to catch us live on YouTube. I love you too, baby. I love you too. And so I see some users, some people that are coming in from Illinois. I already know my niece is here in the Dallas, Texas. And so as we are waiting for others to come in, I see Naomi Lang. Good evening, woman of God. Good evening. Thank you for your blessings to myself and my wonderful team. Shout out to the ministry team, Flawed and Free, those that work um, behind the scenes, those that partner within this deliverance ministry, um, those that help moderate and whatever shape or capacity or form that you help to um, support this ministry. It does not go um, unseen. 
And so I love you all. Thank you so much for your support and your help. So Nicole, please introduce yourself to our audience um, as we proceed through tonight's podcast. Okay. My name is Nicole Ansley. I'm from California. Um, Yeah. I just recently moved um, from Yuba City, California to Rockland, California. So it's been a quite a bit of a transition, both spiritually and naturally. Okay. Okay. So Cali is where you reside. Um, Yes. You moved there. Um, And I know some people in Cali, actually. I have some family there. My spiritual mom and mentor is there. Hi, Nicole. How are you in the Antelope Valley in the Palmdale area? Cali's pretty huge. We have quite a following in California, to be honest. Um, that follow us. So shout out to those um, Apple that are listening, that are tuning in from California. Shout out to y'all. And so um, it's always good to to talk to those people that are from the different parts of the world um, and stuff like that. How did you find this ministry? Well, um, I was actually going through a transition of um, God was dealing with me about deliverance, my own deliverance. And my husband, I had asked him, will you um, walk me through deliverance? Previously, I had done deliverance on other people, been in the deliverance ministry. And um, so my husband kind of got in like, you know, right around our, we were transitioning again. So he kind of was familiar with it. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. Um, So during that time, I'd set it up with my baby sister to like watch my kids and stuff. We were going to do this deliverance thing. And a day before she calls me uh, late at night and says, I was walking the dog. I was trying to get something away from the dog in the backyard and she fell on her stomach and she was pregnant at this time. Oh. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm initially concerned about her. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like this is such an attack, you know? Well, so, yeah. um, I was like, okay, well, we got to work something out. Cause at this moment I'm like absolutely desperate. So right. like, let me, let me go online and see, you know, what I can find. Um, so I went online and I was looking and, and I came, I came across like a few and then I seen flawed and free. I was like, I really like that name. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I was immediately and I just felt like the Lord was leading me there. And so I was I kind of went on YouTube checking you out. And, you know, I'm like, hey, she's fashionable and, you know, she's down to earth. And I heard this testimony from this young lady. I don't remember her name. Okay. She was in a sorority and she was going through steps of deliverance and how free she was. And that really touched me. And so uh, I signed up. And um, man, from there, it just was God was just continuing to deal with me about deliverance. I was like, you know, maybe they'll respond. I don't know, but it's worth the shot. So I told my husband, you know, um, well, I'm going to try this other route. So, you know, online, he's like, online. I was like, well, you know, on YouTube, they do like Zoom and stuff. So, you know, it, it, it's private. It should be okay. Mm-hmm. He's pretty skeptical, skeptical. But, you know, at this point, I'm like, I... I was very, very desperate um, to just have freedom and and being delivered. Listen, Nicole, you have blessed me. You didn't blew my hair back, baby. You didn't lifted my edges. 
a little bit of all of that in such a short period of time with you talking. So I'm, I'm not going to unpack it all. But one of the things that I did hear was that you were led by the spirit of God here, which yeah. is because wherever you go for deliverance, whether it's, you know, it, at a local church or somewhere virtually or whatever the case may be, you should be very much so led by the spirit of God. And God forbid that that situation that happened actually led you here, became a part of your journey to getting to this ministry. But it was also a part of your process. Right. So it's like, dang, it was it was unexpected. A lot of times I feel like when God um, wants to gift or give us or or open or open the pathway or, or a way that we might not have expected like we might not have seen it coming and literally it's exactly what we need you know so he knows more of what we need than we even know what we need and then I think it was also pretty cool and amazing that you have some background in ministry and the area of deliverance you and your husband and so as we've served many many right all over not globally nationally um pastors teachers evangelists ministers and laymen the same right so um i get deliverance as a minister so one of the key things i want you know people to understand and know as well is that no one is exempt it's an ever evolving you know ongoing continuous thing that we do right. Uh, within the body as you know as a part of what God is doing from one place so from faith to faith to glory to glory and so over time we the more light that comes in the more delivered you become right the more yes and so you start out one place and God continues, but just like you never get to the, you never get to the epitome or the fullness of all that God is doing in your life. Right. So it's, it's a process. And so um, I thank you for partnering with us and trusting us. And it's an honor. I just feel so blessed. I'm like, oh my God, like listening to your journey, how you got here. I'm like, that ain't nothing but God, like yes. for real. That wasn't nothing but God. So tell me, after you had, you know, looked your girl up, because I don't never feel no type. I'm all over social media, right? <laughs> right. So she is not hidden. But tell me about your experience. Like, what led you to say, I'm desperate for deliverance. I need to find some place to go. And this is where I'm going. What got um, you? Well, what got me here is... I working in the ministry, my mom and dad are pastors. Okay. And so I am also a co-pastor. Okay. So helping my mother and dad in the ministry. And we, you know, God had really been leading me to do deliverance ministry. And um a couple of the ministers and I and my sister and stuff. So we were really, we had just kind of started gone into it, but we've seen people free. And I remember this one particular person that was bound by a um, a particular spirit and okay. to watch them really get free. And after that, the transition, like they were a totally different person. Mm -hmm. I remember longing for that, like, man, like I want to be free. I want to be free like this. Yes. So I was bound. I was, I was bound by uh, an alcohol addiction okay. that was hidden and people did not know about it. Um, and it was just something, you know, that was really spiraling out of control where it became something that, you know, I craved daily and really was praying and asking God to deliver me from this spirit. But it, I had opened up to a couple people about it, but mm -hmm. it was like, when you hear 
oh my gosh, I can't believe you're like coming to me with this. I would have never thought it kind of just kind of, you know, your wall goes back up. Yes. Because it's like, well, I'm human too. Yes, I have these titles, but I also have my struggles. I have my struggles. And so I was crying out for help. But at this point, it was kind of like no one could help me. <laughs> so I just began to just, re you know, reach for that lifeline to God, like, God, I have to be set free. Like, you have to deliver me and being tormented in the middle of the night just by, you know, uh, the enemy saying, you know, you're not good enough. Look at you. You fell again. And just continuing just in the nighttime, it just was really, really rough on me. Wow. He's a liar. Yes, he is. He's a liar. So you you experience night terror and night torment. Yes and things like that. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what that looks like? You know, so many people experience that, like yeah. like where they're like locked in a cage from scared to go to sleep at night because literally night after night after night, they are getting tormented. So yes. yeah, what would you like to share in that area? Um, well, you know, I, I would drink kind of in the evening time and then, mm -hmm. you know, wind down. Like I even mapped it out like, okay, I can't drink past nine or I don't get good rest. So you know that kind of worked out for me. So I got good sleep, but then like the tossing and turning and, you know, what God allows the enemy to, to, you know, bring you closer to Christ. It was like that, that not being comfortable at night anymore. And okay. I just remember my father had gotten really sick and he had cancer. He hid it from us for a really long time. And I had to, um, make a decision and we had to make it really quickly. My sister and I, and I decided that I was going to take care of him and take him home while he was in the midst of transitioning. Okay. During that, that time, my father was a warlock. And so he lived with us. Oh, and I had been praying for him to come to Christ and everything. I got worse. Like, Oh, he's going to come to Christ. So, you know, I'm waiting on that. So as he lived with me, it was like the enemy was fighting me more during the night season. My father was also an alcoholic. So I would be drinking at night, tormented by Satan because I started to have sleep paralysis and I hadn't had that in a while. So I would I would be asleep and all of a sudden I would, you know, want to wake up and I couldn't. And the only thing that would make me come to was pleading the blood of Jesus, saying his name. And then whatever was attacking me would leave. But I remember this particular night, my father was just really, really ill. And I knew he was going through the transition where I had woken up in the middle of the night and I seen this, uh, a shadow and it was like a, a head, a figure, like I could see the head and it was like pulling my blanket back and I could see the head and I opened my eyes. I could see it. And it was like, it like moved out of the way. Like it didn't want me to see that it was there. And then I felt like something was covering, like tucking me in really tight in my blankets. And I just said, I, I plead the blood of Jesus and it left. And after that, I just started, you know, like, God, like what's going on? I've never had sleep paralysis like this. This is really crazy. So I started doing research on um, incubus and succubus, which was another door right. that was, I'm like, Oh no, I, I didn't, I don't have that. I don't watch pornography. Come on now. I don't masturbate. So, you know, I've already repented and stuff. I'm thinking I, I, have this thing down. This is, this must be coming from my father. Right. Um, so when he transitioned and he passed away oh within God. seven weeks, 
the drinking became heavier. And I noticed that like, I've never been, I've never been under the influence where I'm drunk, stumbling or anything. I just, oh, a glass of wine here. Next thing you know, you're through a half a bottle in the night or whatever, but it became a habit. Like I was depending on this thing to get me through. I have anxiety. I'm going to relax with some wine. Oh, I make me a mixed drink, not thinking anything of like, oh, I'm not stumbling. I'm not drunk. I'm fine. You know, and I could still serve God. But he just started really dealing with me about, um, you know, uh, about stopping this thing. And after that sleep paralysis, he would wake me up in the middle of the night and like, I want you to start writing down scriptures and I want you to read them at night, keep them next to your bed. And I just remember reading the scriptures for months and like, God, like I'm still drinking. Wow. (laughs) But not realizing that God was working in the background. Mm -hmm. What was changing was I said, you know what? I really need to start buckling down and really getting into God's word and find out what he's saying about my sin. And um, I really started reading about, um, you know, about not being like having things in your life that's not pleasing to Christ and really digging into that. Then I started a whole year of consecration. um, I said, I'm going to pray every day. I don't know if I could read my word every day, Lord. Um, but I'm going to pray every single day and I'm not going to miss a day. And I'm going to, uh, if it's, that's splitting up my prayers where I have to do three, um, you know, three prayers a day, I'm going to do it. And, you know, the devil was fighting me like, oh, that's religious. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. But I didn't care at this point. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I press through. I want freedom from this uh, addiction in my family. We celebrate um with alcohol, like everyone, we come around, we drink, you know, and we have, we, we fellowship and that's the way we do it. And so for years, this was a normal thing for me. So it wasn't about like, oh, I'm going to die and go to hell or whatever. It's like, well, I'm not drinking to get drunk. It's not controlling me, but really it was controlling me and my emotions. Cause whenever I was angry, it's like, oh, I need a, I need a drink. I'm going to go to the store, get some wine. Oh, um, what do you want to do this weekend? Oh, there's this wine tasting out in the, you know, Napa. It's like always was a surrounded around alcohol. So I became very dependent on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting into therapy. The Lord said, you have to get in therapy and um, really deal with your childhood trauma. And at that point, the alcohol was no longer the magnifying glass that I was looking at. God wanted to go deeper. Yes. Um, to find out why, I always wanted to know, like, well, why do alcoholics drinks? Like, how do they find? They know that they were abused. That's the root. So why do they? Um, mm-hmm. Why is this an issue still when they know that they do it? So even when I was in therapy, the the my therapist was Christian. He's mm. a believer. So I wanted to make sure that I went to someone that was a believer that can understand both spiritually and naturally, and me not. Mm. Hey, to be on some medication while you at it. <laughs> I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, I kept it very private because of, um, you know, I'm a pastor's daughter. Yeah. And sometimes you have to put the face on and kind of just pick up your bed and keep walking. Yeah. And I've done that 
for a very long time. And it was no longer God was the center of my focus. It was people. People were the idols in my life. And so was alcohol. Wow. Wow. So much to unpack from what you just said. But one thing I, I want to just kind of gain some clarity on, you said you were a pastor's kid, right? Yeah. Poor pastor's kids. I'm telling you, y'all get it the worst. Y'all get those PKs. Y'all y'all be going through, I'm telling you. And y'all be needing a lifeline. I I, I know so many people, friends and, and, and more that are have been pastor's kids and just been abused and just really gone through. Um, in these homes and and maybe they weren't in the proper position. But you said your father was a warlock. So who was the pastor, your mom or your, your the dad? Actually, I have two fathers. So my mother had remarried when I was three, I think. And so my father lived in town as well. So I took, I, you know, so I had two dads. Got you. Got yeah. you. Okay. Totally get it. Totally get it. Cause I have several uh, mothers actually. Okay. Um, I'm both natural. Right. <laughs> so I totally get it. Totally, totally get it. Okay. Cause I was like, okay, so if he's a warlock, was he a pastor? Do it. It's, it's not too yeah. far. But he did end up giving his life to Christ. Before really? Yes. No yeah. way. Before he passed? Before he passed. And it was really crazy. Cause I had gotten oh your dad's gonna give his life to god i'm like lord here he is on his deathbed i'm praying i'm like god he what do i do so one night i went into the room and i said hey dad you know i'm coming to visit you about this conversation again and um you know he really cussed me out let me have it and i i had i was like man like i'm i'm sobbing i'm crying like lord i just don't see how this is going to happen and my younger sister who had just came into the faith like a year before she had called me. She's like, you know, I was up praying for dad and the Lord is just, I believe he's telling me that it's time to walk dad through salvation. My sister is not like, you know, Oh God, this God, that like for her to say that I knew like, okay, this is God. So she came over one night and we're just sitting in the room and she says, Hey dad, you know, um, we forgive you. And we went through all these steps and she just said, I just want to know if you want to accept Christ into your life. And he's like, you know, I'm not sick. Your sister tried to do this before. He's like, she's like, dad, we just want to know that if you were to die today, you know, that you, you're, you have a sure spot in heaven. And so she just calmly walks him through Christ in five minutes, five whole minutes, five minutes. And I was, I remember laughing in my head because I'm like, here she is. I'm a, I'm seasoned. I can to do it, but she could, but that was her, that was her job. That's what God had assigned her to do. And I never would have thought that it would have been my sister. And it was just like this piece of God came in the room. And then the next day he went into, um, a comatose. He was just, he couldn't speak. He could, he could like, he could still hear us and stuff, but he was, there was no way he would have been able to accept Christ. Right. So before he passed, he made his way into the gates by my sister. So that gave me peace of mind that my dad was not going to go to hell. And he was an active warlock. Like he, that's just, it was for years. That's just how he rolled. 
look at God. You know what? This is so encouraging. My spirit is so stirred by so much of your testimony so far, but even the more so, not just for you, but the the, the generational break, um, bloodline breaking that's taking place and the curse breaking that took place where he was able to receive salvation in the 11th hour, right? Yes. Before, right? It was time for him to cross over. And so prayerfully, this is encouraging to those of you who are on your faces night and day, praying and fasting, hoping, wishing, and waiting that those loved ones, our family, our mothers, our fathers and cousins and nephews and uncles and sisters and brothers, that it feels like we've been praying for years and we still see the same. Yeah. More of the same. Seems like nothing's changed, but how important it is to hold on to that prophecy, that word that was spoken over your life that your father was going to accept and receive Christ. You know, and it's like, how can this be? Because what I see don't look nothing like it. He spent most of his you know, life or however many years as an active warlock yeah. serving the kingdom of darkness. How can this be? And then that he would use on top of that, not those of us that we think God's going to use because right. sometimes we get a little self-righteous and we get right. mighty with our little selves and we'd be like, you know, I'm going to be the one. That's going to bring the people to the feet of God. And he ends up using someone that you, with your sister, right? But he ends up using the least likely route that you may yes. have expected, right? And so that just goes to show that any one of us can be used. Some of us are like, well, I don't want to speak and I don't want to give my testimony. And I don't want to, you know, really talk about what God is doing in my life or what he's calling me to do because we feel unworthy. We don't feel, we don't feel like we are positioned properly or covered properly or we know enough or we've experienced enough. And so like, how can God use me? God can't use me. And so this is a testimony right here that God can use whoever he want to use. I tell people all the time, I'm like, yo, listen, he can use a dog. He can use a donkey. He can use a dog. He can use a dog. Okay. <laughs> listen, do not underestimate the power of God because when he's trying to get something through, and trying to let you know something, I clearly know when God has used people, because sometimes he's used people, men and women of God, to speak and decree and declare and prophesy over my life. But there are some people in my life that I know are not following God, that are not living for God. And I clearly heard the word of the Lord with them telling me something. And I know they don't know my situation. And I know I didn't even ask them to, you know, share whatever they were sharing. But as they were speaking to me, I was like, this is the Holy Ghost. And they don't even know that they're being right. used. Like, I couldn't even tell them because they probably wouldn't even know what I was talking about. But just glory be to God that 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 the prophecy was fulfilled. Your father was saved. He met his maker and made it into the pearly gates of heaven by faith. Right. As he received his salvation. So yes. congratulations. Congratulations to him, to you and your entire family. And now here you are breaking down the barriers of, of the kingdom of darkness. Here you are arising as a pastor, a pastor's kid. Right. A woman that moves in deliverance and yet comes to this ministry for even more deliverance, for yes. not you, but your future generations. You said, I was desperate. 
I was desperate. So their desperation sent you in a place that God was then able to open even more doors. So tell us a little bit about your deliverance process. Because sometimes when we know a lot or we know what we think is enough, we can get in the way of our own deliverance. So tell me a little bit about your process here. <laughs> well, that was the thing. So after my father had passed, I, I, you know, I realized like, okay, I'm getting ready to really drink. So, you know, um, then I found out my mother, like probably like six, seven weeks after my mom's got cancer. Wait, 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 wait. Talk about some fiery darts. Yes. Arrows. So your father passes, your alcoholism increases, mm -hmm. And then your mom gets diagnosed with cancer? Yes, stage four. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. One, two, and three, we just gonna skip past that, huh? Satan, right? Yeah. We just gonna, so her initial diagnosis was stage four. Yes. My Lord, as yes. Liz, share yes. your testimony. Well, so after my dad had passed, I was, you know, very just going through the grieving stages several different stages and so when my mom told me she was sick I, it just was like fear was gripping me and they said they don't know if it's cancer or not but i'm gonna go ahead and have surgery so she had had surgery and during that time i you know it's like oh my god lord i hear these stories all the time you lose you know like back to back like this cannot be my story this can't be part of my story and uh when she got out of the hospital we were kind of um, she was grieving my dad passed. She was grieving in her own way. I was too. And something happened within the ministry. And I was like, forget it. I'm, I'm throwing, I'm out. And so during that time I had left the ministry. I, I was wow. like, I can't do it anymore. I'm under too much pressure. You know, things are falling apart. I I'm, I'm getting out. I gotta go. I gotta take care of myself, repair my marriage. Like this is it. I can't take it anymore. And so, um, I, I was out of, um, I was out of church for a month and the Lord said, no, you need to get in church. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure not going back to my mom and dad's church. That's just not happening. So this is where I'm at during this time. So um, I had uh, remembered I'd went to this church for um, John Ed Carter to come into town and I'd went to this service and I was like, I really, I really like that church. You know, maybe we should go check it out. And my husband was like, yeah, let's go. So I went over to the ministry and I remember falling in love. And, and what I fell in love with was when she spoke, she spoke about drinking liquor. Uh, she spoke about drinking liquor as a believer. And it was like, it like tore me apart inside. I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so shameful. I was embarrassed. Plus my kids is there. You know, she's talking that she's saying this and it's like, oh, my gosh, like I'm so embarrassed. It's like I got up there and she's like, you, you, <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. And I went home. I'm like, I got it. Yes, I have to do something about this. And during that time when I when I was uh, decided I was going to do something about it, my mother called me and said, you know, they said it's stage four. Um, but they had removed all the cancer and that she needed to go through chemo. Um, so like a year later and stuff, she's like completely healed in Jesus name. So that is just like so miraculous as another testimony in itself in Jesus name. Come on now. Let's not speed past the healing. <laughs> right. So that was, yes. you know, I'm like, so now, you know, it's like the family's kind of, I'm by myself. 
I have no, it's like yeah. I'm, my back's against the wall. You know, it's like sometimes when, even when you leave a business and it's a family business, you know, it can really affect the whole entire family. Yeah. And that's what happened. It just affected the family. And, you know, um, it was God really isolated me. He really took me wow. away. And, um, you know, looking back at it now, I was thinking, oh, this is such an attack. Like now no one's talking to me, but it was really God working through me to force me to look deeper yeah. and to depend on God. And uh, the church that I come from, my mom's church is very prophetic. Everyone prophesies. We have prophets in the house. It's like okay. you could go and be like, oh, should I get this car? <laughs> you know, and it's like you don't even have to say it, but somebody's got a word for you. Oh, wow. So I'm used to this. But one day the Lord said to me, he said, is it not I who, Come who, on. Is, the, who is the God that gives the word or is it the man? Who are you depending on? And I remember going through this season of starvation of no one could, it was like, I was like, I was thirsty for a word. Like, what direction should I go? Like, I don't know. This is what I'm used to. I'm used to, if I'm on the altar, like someone's going to come up and give me a word. Like I became very dependent on this. And I know that God wanted me to, to deal with the dependency yeah. of, of, you know, of people. And I'm like, then he showed me, he said, he said, look deeper, like you're idolizing people. Yes. And I never realized that before. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, you need a dream interpreter. You call somebody and it's, <laughs> I was depending on this. So I really started being first and second king during my process of deliverance. The no. Lord said, go to, go to first king, read it, go to the second. And I was really learning about um, the idols and, and, and all these different idols that were in the land and, and how this king did worse than the king before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all of this was behind idol worship. And the yeah. Lord started speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And during that time, he, he, you know, he really handled me with kid gloves. But at the same time, he was like, um, you going to do this. And, and um, during that transition, he said, you know, stop drinking during the week. And I did. Um, and the first day was like really hard. The second day was like, okay, I could do this. And then I was like, I don't really drink soda. I'm a very healthy person. Okay. So I did, I was like, um, you know, I, I got to figure out what I'm going to do to fill this thing. So, you know, and I can't have candy, I'll gain weight. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I just, um, started drinking a lot of electrolyte water and, and okay. um, my therapist had told me, he said, you got to check, are you sleepy? You're hungry? You're tired? Fill those needs first. And so um, I'm like, okay, I'm craving alcohol. I must be thirsty. So I would drink and the craving would go away. So it became very easy during a weekday. So I was like, no drinking during a weekday, but Friday come and it's like, it's time to drink. Friday. Yes. Friday's yes. time to drink. Sunday, you know, don't drink that much. So you can get up and go to church. Right. Right. So, um, you know, he started wanting me to taper off. Then after a couple months, he's like, no, no, no Friday. So just two okay. days a week. So it was like, no, no, no Friday. That was he hard at first. A safe detox and you didn't even know it. Let, me not, let me not even get into my MP bag, my, my nursing bag on you. But let me tell you, the Lord is, let me tell you, he don't miss. He is the doctor, the nurse, the lawyer. <laughs> he know what to do and how to do it. So basically your weaning, your tapering was a safe way to literally detox 
you off the alcohol, sis. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Can and I didn't even know that that was you know what he was really doing. I, I I just became more dependent on him, and the more I became dependent on him, like the stronger I was becoming. Ooh. So it was like, man, hold on. I haven't dreamed in a while because I started going back to my journals and going back on what the Lord had said. I was writing down goals and what I wanted to do. I don't I, I want to stop drinking during the week. I was checking that off. Um, I want to lose this amount of weight. I was checking that off. And so I looked I, I went back a page and it was talking about my dreams. And um, it was January 1st. Uh-huh. And I said, Lord, I'm not dreaming. Can you please give me my dreams back? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm still not dreaming. And I'm, I dream. I've always been a dreamer. Um, even in the world, I've always dreamed all the time. That's just how I was. Um, even when I was dating a woman, when I was in the world, I was dreaming next to her. And I, I, I woke up in my dream and seen another woman next to me. And I was the woman in the bed that I was sleeping next to. I woke up, I said, uh, are you sleeping with another woman? Like y'all cohabitate in the same house and bed. She's like, oh my gosh, how do you know? So even though I wasn't even saved, I've always been very gifted in that area. I was just, I just was. So I wasn't dreaming and I'm like, okay, Lord, like, why am I not dreaming? So I begin to ask God, um, why, why am I not dreaming? And he told me, he said, you have to uh, be at peace at night and turn off your, your phone. Cause I used to go to sleep with the Bible playing or a sermon. It was like quiet time. And so I said, well, I'm going to sleep without my phone tonight on. And that was the first night where I started dreaming again. And God was dealing with me in my dreams. And I remember like when I stopped drinking on Fridays and went to Saturday and Sunday, I will wake up and literally smell alcohol on my breath and think I had had alcohol. And and I didn't. I, I'd be like, hey, I haven't drank anything. So what is going on? So I knew the enemy was attacking me in my sleep because I used to be a heavy smoker and I I haven't smoked in like 12 years. So when I quit, I would wake up in cold sweats and and smell smoke and thought I'd be smoking. So I knew like, hey, this is kind of right around the same thing. So I I really need to start reading scriptures at night, really covering myself at night, really covering myself in the blood. And uh, it just became a, a time of like, a honeymoon with God. Like I was getting to know him in such a deeper and intimate way. And I really thought that I knew Christ before I've always been able to give people advice, prophesy to them, you know, really pour my, my heart out and uh, give them, uh, you know, what they needed from Mm -hmm. God. I was willingly allowing God to use me. But one thing that I was not doing was I was empty. I was giving I was given my, my cup, like what I had left, I was giving it to the people and God was not filling me back up because I wasn't allowing him to. Yeah. I just wasn't. And so uh, the more I continued to be in this ministry, um, it it was like kind of like a safety net because okay. he would talk about sin a lot. And so yeah. it kept me accountable. Come on. Accountability. Come on. Hey, Freedom Fighters, it's Tina, your host from Flawed and Free Podcast. Are you experiencing spiritual attacks in your dreams? Do you have questions about spiritual warfare and deliverance? Or are you just seeking Holy Spirit-led advice and wise counsel? 
I have great news for you. We are now offering one-to-one consultations to set you on the right path to purpose. Why struggle alone in your own thoughts when we together are a part of the body of Christ? Therefore, we must help one another. So as one of his servants, it would be a pleasure to support you on your journey from your now to your next. Go today, do not delay, and book your consultation with me. You can go to theflawedandfree.com or I will put the link in the episode description of this podcast and you can go there and book your session with me. God bless. Accountability, save your life. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. Yeah, had a lot of accountability. So it's like, okay, I don't want to, you know, this is new to me. Like I've never heard someone preach on uh, alcohol like she was. And it was like, the Lord was like, okay, um, let's go into your childhood. And that was something that I really thought that I was, I was healed from. Okay. And uh, a lot of the trauma I had blocked and I didn't even know that I'd blocked it. Yeah. Yes. My God. Yeah. You can keep going if you're still. Okay. So um, during this transition, I had that dream about the alcohol. Yeah. Um, I had kind of opened up to my therapist and and told him what was going on. He's like, so how are you doing with the alcohol? And uh, he was very encouraging. And I said, but I'm just finding myself. I have so much anxiety. He's like, but you know, this is good because you have to feel it now. You need to sit in this. And I'm like, oh man, it's just out of nowhere. I'm I'm hyperventilating. I have anxiety. Like I, I start sweating. And then sometimes it'd be like fits of, I have anger, like I'm mad. Right. So he said, well, these are all part of, you know, the detoxing phases and stuff. And um, I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, let me just go ahead and allow myself to sit in it. So when I would have anxiety, um, my, my uh, therapist began to say, well, you know, um, have you ever spoke to anxiety and tell it to go? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, I haven't. He said, well, let's pray right now. So he prayed for me. Was he a I'm, getting, I'm getting deliverance at my therapy session. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, he, I mean, we prayed and then, you know, I didn't feel anything. But that night I went home and I remember drinking and I, I knew that, oh, my gosh, I drank too much. And um, I had these flashes of things that I was doing as a child. And one of the things was um, bestiality. And I had, um, you know, I was messing with my dog at a very young age and I was opening up to my husband about it. And he was just so tender with me and the the trauma from being molested and then acting out on family members as a child. And, you know, I'm like, I got to free myself. I got to go to those family members and repent. And, um, you know, he really was by my side and he encouraged me to, and I did. And I went, I was able to go to one of the family members and say, Hey, and they're like, look, no, that's that. I don't even remember it, but if that happened, okay, you're forgiven. And I I felt so free and it was like, no devil, you're not gonna, I'm not going to be ashamed. And I was opening up about the, the bestiality and stuff and how like, 
I was into sexual things like, but what was going on with me? Like, why was I experimenting in those? Why, why did I open those doors? Like, what was going on with me? And just God just began to just reveal why. Uh, you know, I grew up in a home where my father was an alcoholic and he also was a crackhead. So, you know, there was trauma all around me when right. I was a very right. angry child. And at a young age, I remember five, I was already attracted to girls. And um, I remember experimenting with them or girl touching me in class, those type of things, just little, little, little seeds being planted. That's what it was. Um, going to my biological father's house and he had no shame with pornography like you're talking about mountains of stacks of pornography not just regular porn but like hermaphrodite all all of it whatever it was that he had it out and it was no shame so at night i would be going through these like wow this is strange you know but i had these feelings i didn't know what they were but um that really brought in some you know some some more trauma Right. And uh, during that time, um, as I got older, I became very dark. I was a very angry child. I was cutting. I, I was very extremely suicidal. Like uh, even to change, like my mom be like, you you got three minutes to keep that door closed and you need to open it because yeah. that's how terrified she was of my depression and suicide. But, you know, we never really talked about it. She would just say, you know, I know you're depressed, but she, I wasn't willing to open up either. And I was really angry. Right. Um, and I was constantly getting in trouble at school. I was fighting guys, fighting girls. Like I was just known as a, a fighter. I fought so much. I think last week, my sister and I, we were talking about it and she was like, you know what? I never, I couldn't even make friends until you left the school because everyone was just like afraid of, <laughs> afraid oh, of this to be around her because I was so violent okay. and um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And we got to, you know, really have that intimate moment of forgiveness. Yes. And um, so the Lord was really showing me why I drank and that was the key. And from there it was like, I'm not drinking at all. So right. I stopped drinking. I didn't, I went, I went seven days, eight days, nine days, 10 days, because now I know part of where the root, I was getting closer to the root. So the more I began to dig God, Holy Spirit began to show me the yes. freer I became. Okay. And, um, during that transition, the Lord was really speaking to me about uh, forgiving myself Yes, of the trauma and, you know, the things that I even created in my own life. Um, you know, I really started listening to this song. I can't remember who it by, but it, 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 it talks about being patient with the process. Okay. Uh, I had to have a lot of patience through this process because I was a, also a praise dancer and the leader of the praise team. So I did uh, praise ministry, deliverance, preached. I was over the youth ministry. I was, my hand was in everything in, in this, in my mom and dad's ministry. So, you know, I've always danced and that was kind of like, um, when I left the ministry, I did not dance anymore. So that was kind of always my outlet. I could okay. dance and really have that outlet. So it was kind of like, that was another thing that the Lord was like, Nope, I want you to totally depend on me. Wow focus on what I'm trying to get you to focus on. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't really learn how to read till I was about 33. I really taught myself how to read. 
And I used to read like little newspaper articles because I struggled a lot in school. We lived in a very, uh, uh, we lived in a white, all white town and it it was a very rich neighborhood. So, you know, I got kind of overlooked a lot. Um, So at 33, I taught myself how to read. And I, um, so as I'm going through this process moving forward, I struggled with the word of God because there was this insecurity there um, about not being able to read very well. So the Lord kept leading me back. You need to get into your word, read your Bible. And I was like, man, you know, okay, it's like, let's open it up. So um, I began to listen to audio and follow along with the Bible and the devil was fighting me there. Like in order for you to really absorb the word, you need to read it. You need to write clarity, read it for yourself. This is how tricky he can be anything to, to stop something that God is doing. That's great. Right. So I just was, I was like, no, I'm just going to continue. And um, the louder those voices got, I just started to get up and just read the Bible out loud. Like, this is how desperate I became. Like, I wanted to be free because although I wasn't drinking, I was being tormented still. Like, I could see, uh, I would be in church and see glasses of alcohol being poured or hear the pouring or um, kind of smell liquor on my breath. And I haven't had anything to drink. Or going down the the alcohol aisle at the grocery store and I'd have like all this anxiety or someone would call and I'd be triggered. So it was, um, I'd have my slip ups. Right. But after I reached reached out to Flawed and Free, th- that's when the Lord was really like, this was, this was like where God wanted me to be. He just... I was like, okay, when am I going to hear from them? Like I filled out my application and everything. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I need my deliverance. I need deliverance. I need deliverance. And the Lord was like, hold on now. You don't need to wait on nobody to get what what you need from me. Like this from me. And I I just was like, okay, you know, so he began to put me on fast. And so I to do intermittent fasting and then that turned into actual fasting. And then he's like, today, I just want you to worship me, um, mm-hmm. you know, it. listen to music, clean the house, do these things. So he was really like, it was like he was like being a father. Yes. Like it was the relationship. No, no, no. I w- it was like a father relationship. Yeah. And I really started really trusting him. And I would see spontaneous miracles happening like I would pray for something and he would do it and I'd be like oh god you really hear me and so he was just showing me he was wooing me to say like my daughter I I have you don't worry about anything and um right before um you flawed and free reached out and said hey you know we're gonna go ahead and you're gonna go through your process and your deliverance date is set the lord had told me to go on a fast Uh and so I'm like okay so he he said uh just fast. So I was doing partial fast six to six for like three weeks. Okay. And, um, and then here we come with a fast. Yes. And I, when I see the two weeks, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) man, I was like, Oh my gosh. God said, I, I need to purge. I need to burn. <laughs> I need to crucify. I need to get the get the work. But he was already preparing you. Yes. Was him getting you ready. Yes. Really getting me ready. But during <laughs> this time, I'm still like completely alone. I don't have any one I can call. There's, you know, and if I do, it's like the wound reopens. 
He so, wanted you completely dependent on him. Yes. And that was something that I, there was certain parts of my life that I never really allowed God to take, you know, or to let him have it. Mm. And uh, Homosexuality was easy. It was like, I got saved. I walked out and like, I never had that battle. I called all the women. Hey, look, I gave my life to God. I was supposed to have party. Forget it. I'm, I, I kicked my boyfriend out who I'm married to today. Um, who's also oh serving God. God. <laughs> oh my God. Very serious about, you know, serving God and um, radical deliverance. And yes. <laughs> wow. You said that's it. You said no more girlfriends and no more boyfriend. Look no like more boyfriends. No more girlfriend. No more boyfriend. Said I can't do it. I, I, right. I need God. I need God. <laughs> yes. I needed God. And so it was kind of like he was doing that all over again but this time it was like are you gonna give it to me and so i really had to let go of uh the alcohol because i i kept saying to god well i had to be honest i'm saying lord without the alcohol just thank you god without the alcohol who am i Mm. how do i do it how am I supposed to have fun with people? Like, this is what I use to celebrate. This is what I use them. Like when I'm um, in here making soap and stuff, like I have my music on and I'm drinking wine. Like, you know, I feel like this is taken from me. And he just kept saying, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you're going to miss it. And he was, I said, I'm going to miss it. And before I knew it, it was like I was writing a goodbye letter to the alcohol. But I was not drinking. I wasn't even like the cravings and stuff were uh, going away, but it was like a breakup, like where they call you and you like, I'm not answering this time. And that's how it was. And I, I was telling God, like, I'm going to miss this thing. Like this has been a part of my life for such a long time. Like, what do I do without it? And he just kept saying, let me fill the holes. And I'm emotional because he, he was really, um, so tender with me and because he knew how much i love this thing yeah but he was breaking it to me easy but he was also letting me know like you cannot go far he said you can still like you can serve me but how much because where i'm trying to take you you cannot let this go with you no he kept telling me i'm taking you somewhere great i'm putting you before people like he was telling me this stuff he said but you got to let this go and it was like, I did not want to, I didn't want to release it, but I, but it came a point in time where I just got sick of myself. Woo. Sick and tired of you. Woo. Don't I know? I was just tired of myself and desperation. You know, it's got a sound and I had that sound yeah. and it was really like, okay, God, whatever it's going to take. So, um, during my, when I got the packet, yeah, looked at it and I'm like, Okay, two weeks. And I'm like, I can do this. Then I got to go down the line of what I can't have. I love coffee, okay? (laughs) Like, come on now. Like, give me some butter and blend it in my coffee. Like, I'm good. I go all day without eating. I'm I'm, I'm satiated. I don't need it. And then it was like, okay, you're going to do like a Daniel fast. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. I fast already. And it was like, paying no coffee. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. (sighs) Let me tell you, day one. No food and no coffee. Like I am like struggling. But then my daughter who was, you know, mom, I'm 
I'm struggling with depression again. I was like, okay, well, she just told me, she's like, the Lord wants me to do a fast. I'm like, okay, cool. Cause I'm on the fast. She was kind of knowing my journey and stuff. I was being very transparent with my family and telling like, Hey, look, your mom cats out the bag. So um, I wasn't a secret drinker. This wasn't something where the kids see me like I had a problem. It was just part of our, our, my life. So right, right. I wasn't a sloppy drunk or anything like that, right. but it was a problem for God. Yeah. Um, so uh, she said, well, mommy, I want to do it with you. And I'm like, okay. So I was telling her everything. She was like, all right, well, we're going to do it. Like day one, let me tell you the headache that I was having. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, by day two, I promise you I'm crawling on the floor. Like I have no, like <laughs> I'm hanging on by inch of life. I'm like asking God, like, Lord, this has got to be a shame. Like this, I could not be like this during no fast. I need to like get it together. Yeah. And so I begin to read about fasting and uh, how, you know, when your flesh is really weak, that's when your spirit, man, like you're killing this flesh. Yes. Your flesh is supposed to be weak. You're not supposed to be walking around like, hey, you know what? Yes. What's up? And so, you know, I was reading that this is part of humility. This is part of God humbling you, the yeah. humbling phase. And I'm like, okay, so that made me feel better. So I was able to explain it to my daughter and we were really praying together. Even our relationship was improving. Um, then I began to dream like nonstop. Yeah. Not like, and then um, I started having dreams about men and people I'm sleeping with and all these little babies and children. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. I had a dream that about this man and this and that. And then I watched your video uh -huh. about spirit spouses. And okay. Like, oh my God. And it was like, that to me was, I felt so violated. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even, a, it was no, it, like the focus on the alcohol was already completely like out of my mind. I'm like, okay, now I got to deal with these spirit people. <laughs> it's so good. I got a whole family, yeah. uh, in-laws, uh, baby it's grandchildren. So it was like real. And the Lord was, I'm like, Lord, what is happening to me? He said, well, you asked for me to reveal it. Reveal it. That's this what's is, happening. This is the process. And as I continue to, um, the journaling was just so amazing for me because I journal already. Okay. So it was like, um, uh, it was like I was in these, it was like me in the journal every day. It was like I was, you know, I couldn't wait to get in that journal time oh, and get in that prayer time. And and it was like God was just activating something new in me. And every time I thought, I'm good. He's like, uh-uh, no, you're not. We're going to deal with this. And then it was like, one day I'm angry during the fast. And it was like, he's like, oh, there's that spirit of anger coming up. Write it down. Then it was like, man, I'm feeling like, why am I so like horny and stuff? Then he's like, oh, that's that spirit of lust. And it's like, okay, why did I just tell that lie? That's the lying spirit coming out. Ooh. And I begin to write these things down. And then the most amazing thing, because I'm the detect, now I'm like, oh, I'm the detective. It's like, no, the Holy Spirit's beside me. And there he's revealing these things to me. So um, it was about repentance and really being remorseful and and coming to God and saying, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know yes. about these things. So I was able to really uh, allow God to um, really massage my heart and just come in and 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 say, okay, you know, you have to 
repent. Even though yes. you don't think you did anything wrong, yes. you need to repent. And it was a lot of repenting. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> yeah. A whole a whole bunch. I was even calling people and say, hey, you know, I was this was actually witchcraft and I've manipulated here. You know, some of the stuff I had to have wisdom with, but some of the people I knew it was like I just could be straight up. They're like, wow, you know, like, um, you know, why are you telling me that? Because God is doing something. In yes. I got to do it. Just help me out. I have yes. to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My gosh. Nicole, my gosh. So tell me this, 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 my, like my heart is just fluttering, just listening to the degree of bondage, right? Just listening to the degree of oppression and how the enemy wanted to take you out through, through suicide, alcoholism and sexual immorality and perversion. And, you know, he, he, he threw the kitchen sink, right? At yeah. you. As 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 many of us, right? We're just not as transparent, right? We may not all come. I was like you in my process. I'm gonna be honest, like, right? So, in all of my deliverance and in, in my season as well, came from these moments, right? These testimonies, these moments. I made lots of calls, lots of calls. People, I'm trying to track down the Holy <laughs> Spirit, bringing things to my, you know, to my remembrance, to my, you know, to my mind. And the same as so, some people were like, didn't even feel like I had offended them. Was like. Like, I don't know, but the Holy Spirit was letting me know. He's like, call this person, tell this person, repent, bring, come over here. It was like, like you said, so much repentance, so much, right? So many things just coming to the surface because God's like, let me deal with that. Give me that. Yeah. Okay, show you something else. Okay, give me that. Okay, let me bring something out. Let me. And he's just cleansing and purifying and delivering and just, and you just feel the wake of God, right? Right. They feel the weight coming off of you, right? And you feel the, the, the spirit of God feeling yeah. you, right you feel the freedom coming forward which is where flawed and free came from right it's like you're never too flawed to be free you're right. never too flawed to be set free and, and this is what we do here at flawed and free this is this is this is our life because people think that right they think oh mm -hmm. I've done too much too much has happened um I can't come back from this um you know and a lot of things we're experiencing or even things we inherited so yeah. we have our own personal accountability and responsibility. Then we have the things that were passed down and given to us through our mother's house, our father's house, through our ancient ancestral generational bloodline that we were born into. So we don't know the reason why we became Satan's targets, the reason why we developed these homosexual feelings and, and, and these things that would draw us into certain spaces and things, you know, that the enemy planted, like you spoke to the seeds and all of those things. And so God brings you now to this place where you're ready. You're desperate for deliverance, right? You're like, listen, Daniel fast, no Daniel fast. He then took you through a tapering weaning process to safely detox you from the alcohol. Now you're here and you're going through the process of deliverance. How long has it been since you have been free from alcoholism? Okay. So let me, because I forgot about to, I forgot to pull it up. Come on. So without any drinking, I don't know if you could see that. I can't fully see. 11 it. weeks. Oh my God. <laughs> Two months, 17 days, 20 hours, 19 minutes and 38 seconds. Come on. And I'm so I've not had one drink. Not even a craving. Not oh, a craving. Jesus. 
I don't, I can, I sometimes when I see alcohol while I'm grocery shopping, I just laugh because I'm like, God, you helped me. You, you did that. You did that. No cravings. No, no, like, oh my gosh, the weekend's coming. No uh, mental replay. No, like, even when I'm triggered now, I sometimes I run up to the stairs like a little baby and I go in my closet and I cry, God, I'm so bad. And he's like, calm down. Okay, get yourself together. But he allows me to get it out. And I've never, I grew up in a house where we were not emotional and I never really seen my mother cry. So as I got older, I did, I always looked at crying as a weakness. So when people cry, I'm like uncomfortable. Well, when I started crying, people were uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, you're crying. What do I do? You know, so... <laughs> kind of like a double-edged sword there. Right, right, right. Now I cry with no shame. It's like I cry when, um, and my husband's able to see me vulnerable there where he's like, she got it all the time. It's like, whoa, maybe you don't. And I'm, I'm learning to be submissive to my husband. That's what God has really been working on me. Like you have to be submissive. And because I'm submitting to the father, it's easier for me to submit to my husband and really respect his authority. Or when he say no and not go home behind his back, I'm like, I'm still ordering that thing on Amazon. You know, just, you know, oh, he said, no, I'm a, I'm a get a cat anyways. You know, just stuff that we do that we think is slick. It's like, we're really, you know, it's, uh, it's not a sign of submission. Like you're not, sim you're not being submissive or respect. You're not wow. even showing him respect. Wow. Listen, listen, listen. I see the audience putting some comments in here, some hearts. They're saying they're proud of you. Come on, Deliverance. If y'all are still watching, whoever's still watching, please shout her out. Send up a hallelujah right now in the realm of the spirit. Send us some emojis, some congratulations, some pat on the backs, some fire emojis. Yes. Come on. Let's support our sister congratulate and celebrate her on the freedom that she's received and the journey. My God, some that would have given up by now would have turned their back and said, no, 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 but you kept pressing and pushing, pressing and pushing and you made it. Glory be. Yes. And Robin Free really, um, the whole deliverance process, it really was humbling because mm -hmm. I'm not thinking like, oh, I got this down. And it was like, oh, wait, no, I don't. And um, because of your ministry, it's it's allowing me to um, spend time with God in such a different way, in a unique way. And like, this is what true, um, this, is, this is really what true believers are supposed to do. And it's really teaching me, like, you know, getting your word. Um, pray daily and, and worship him daily. And just this whole journey is just, I don't even know if I would have never, if that didn't happen to my sister, maybe things would have happened differently, but God really used your ministry to really minister to me. And it was very humbling, like so humbling, like, I don't know nothing. So I really had to, because you, know, you think like, you know, when people say like you have these titles, people expect for you to know the whole Bible and every prayer in the world. That's true. But we're we're humans as well. Yes. 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 I didn't have all the answers, but mm -hmm. God does. But he does. And that's all we need to know is that he got all the answers that we ain't got them have them all. 
and that titles don't 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 tell nothing. That's just a part of that. That's not even a, a portion of no. who we are. That uh, that is that's nothing. But who is God and who is God in us? That's what makes yes. a difference in people's lives. So it's I'm so honored that you were able to glean here and grow here, mature here, be delivered here <laughs> and be exposed to some new things. Right. As you become a student and, and continue to be, I consider myself a forever student. I don't like you said, I don't know everything. I don't know every single intricate thing from the Bible from cover to cover. Right. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing and emerging um, in the things of God that he's called me to. So we never stop learning. We never stop growing. We never stop reaching. We never stop pushing and pressing and praying. We never stop, right? It's just an ongoing thing. So, wow, I am I am so blessed tonight. I, I am just so blessed that we were able to be a part of your process and your journey and to get you to your next from where you were. Yes. And we're continuing to partner with you as we want to continue to. Let me just extend the invite to you now that we ain't stopping. We gonna keep going, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are actually preparing to establish a brick and mortar here in the Texas, Dallas, Texas area. Um, but if you ever in this area, you want to come visit our church, please come and come see your girl. Um, and we do a lot of virtual things because we are online. We're not solely. We do a lot of hybrid events that are both virtual and online. And so there's a lot of great things coming. I can just kind of update the, the listeners, those that are here still here watching, we have Hollow Be Thy Name coming up here yes. on mm -hmm. Halloween. On Halloween, so we will be praying and interceding as a team together corporately online. Um, we're going to be coming together to come against and contend with the kingdom of darkness on Halloween. We'll be praying some warfare prayers and we will be we'll be putting out some fires, right? Uh, or maybe starting some a little bit of both, right? But nonetheless, we will come together as a part of our virtual community on October 31st, which is on Halloween, um, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then we have um, Giving Tuesday. We are a nonprofit 501c3 designated um, organization. So we have been established and we are um, accountable, right? We are acknowledged by the IRS. And so we are um, an established entity and organization. And so um, we um, have several things coming up with Giving Tuesday. For those that want to give their time, their donations, or any sown seeds, we'll be opening up for those um, for the opportunity to do so in November for Giving Tuesday. And then in January, now I don't know if you know, if you've been hanging around with us this long, Nicole, but we have our Esther Fast. It's every year our annual Esther fast. And this year is going to be dynamic. Okay. So if you don't know, I, I need you to stay close. Make sure you're on our email list because yes. our annual Esther fast is usually three days. We're praying around the clock and we're teaching, we're doing deliverance and so much more, but the Lord has given me some special things this year that I haven't done the last few years. And so he's preparing me to equip the women of God and to do with their inner beauty and their outer beauty. So there's going to be a focus on purification. So, and that's a part of your deliverance process and journey and maturation in Christ. So 
we'll be focusing on purification and beautification. Yeah. It's going to be not just our inner beauty, but our outer beauty. So um, as the Lord is helping me to align what he wants to do for those three days, I pray if the Lord leads you to fast with us those three days, because we're going to be warned. And okay. we're going to be going. OK, so I'm excited um, for those that will listen and watch and partner with us um, as we offer so many things to our virtual um, community, our freedom fighters all over the world. So as the Lord leads you, I have a lot of there's a series I'm going to be putting up soon um, in some areas of discipleship. And, and 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 things in this area that I feel like the body needs for not just deliverance, the supernatural part of what we don't know, but some of the basic and foundational things that we kind of miss when we receive salvation. Um, that's really important for our journey and how and how we um, come to know and build our relationship with God. So intimacy is a big thing with me. Relationship is a huge thing with me so that we're not um, chasing deliverance ministers and prophetic words that we can actually learn to train our ears to hear and and get a word directly from God and build our relationships with yes. God and build our altars in our heart and so that we have open access and open yes. to the Father at all times because he he did what he did it's already done it is so and it is established in Jesus mighty name okay. so Nicole thank you God bless you God bless you. you I pray blessings I pray the abundant favor of God over your life and your continued journey I decree and declare that you will maintain your deliverance, that you will continue to mature and grow in him and that he will impart more of his glory in your life, in your family, that he will go forth into the future generations, that he has already positioned and postured you to touch and to be a part of, that now that you are as you are building up and he's, he's maturing you in this new space and he's torn down these idols and took away some of these things that you can move in the purity and in the holiness that God has already called you to divinely carry. So you're going to see God move now in ways you've never seen them now that you've gotten some of the stuff out of the way, right? So continue to fill yourself with the Holy Ghost. Continue to allow the resurrecting power of God to fill you, to deliver you, and to heal you, and to make you whole in Jesus' name. So I thank you. It is an honor that you chose this ministry and that you trust the Holy Spirit within this ministry ministry to be a part of your journey. So God bless you. Thank you to all of those that are watching, listening, watching the replay. It's also an honor to serve you all for those that have hung in there with us through the end of this testimony. Your testimony was amazing. Okay. Amazing. I, I'm telling you the power of God in you. I'm in awe right now. I'm in utter and complete awe. And if he can do it for you, he yes. can do it for you. He can do it for you. He can do it for you, right? If he did it for me, he yes. can do it for you. So this is the thing that we want people to know and understand that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't have favorites. He loved the saints and the ain'ts all the same. Glory be to God. And so just as he loved Nicole and he loves me, just as he's left the 99 for the one, you are the one, I was the one. And I'm sure there's many, many more that he's chasing after right now. If you'll just open up your heart and receive God into your heart. I do want to make 
no, let me, I just hear the Holy Spirit even now um, telling me that if you're watching this now and or even watching the replay and you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, into yes. your heart, and you just maybe just now become exposed to the ministry of deliverance and you're like, what is all of this talk about demons, about this and about that? Above all, the Lord wants you. He wants you. He wants your time. He wants, he wants you. And that's all he wants. He wants you just where you are, right where you are. And so if you believe that God is the healer of your soul, if you believe that God is your redeemer, if you believe that God has, has, has died, that he has been resurrected from the grave, he's ascended in heaven and that he is your all in all, that he can be all that you will ever need in this life. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, right, for yourself, and you want to get to know him and you want to build relationship with him. And maybe some of you want to rededicate your life, recommit your life. Say, you know what? I've gone astray. I may be in a lukewarm state of living. I may not have always done the right thing. And I go back and forth. I seem to be a person that likes to straddle the fence. Sometimes I have a hard time committing and making a decision to follow Christ. That today is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day. But he is ready when Whenever you are ready, all you have to do is raise your hand even now and say, God, I receive you now into my heart. God, I believe that you are my Lord and Savior, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. And it's just that simple. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out prayer. We don't have to lay hands on you. God will touch you wherever you are, whatever city, state, country, wherever you are, wherever you reside. He will meet you right where you are. So you don't have to wait till you stop drinking. You don't have to wait till you're cleansed and, and free from addiction. You don't have to wait. You just can just lift your hands right now and say, God, I believe and I receive by faith in yes. Jesus name. Come into my heart and stay yes, <laughs> all the days of my life. So if that be you and you are watching this and you are one that wants to recommit and or rededicate your life to him, just say yes to him right now. Say yes. Lift your hands and open your heart and say yes in Jesus' name. So God bless you. May God keep you and may God cover you all in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening and allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey and growth in Christ. Listen to fresh new episodes weekly on Wednesdays to be equipped with the tools, knowledge, and strategies needed to dispossess the enemy, take dominion, and be delivered into the promises of God. No more wilderness wanderings, warriors. Walk in your purpose and discover your identity where you are free to be me, flawed and free. If you were blessed and empowered by today's show, we would appreciate your sown seed of support through donations and charitable giving as led by the Holy Spirit. You can go now to theflawedandfree.com slash give. That's theflawedandfree.com slash give. Or you can cash app us at dollar sign 
flawed free on Cash App. We are a nonprofit organization with a 501c3 designation. So all gifts, donations, and sown seeds of support that are given are also tax deductible. Thank you for your seed, for we know that it is placed in good soil, and we pray that you agree. So God bless and live your best life in Christ. Love you later. Till next time.